While it's usually a good idea to plan out your boss battles ahead of time, sometimes we just don't have that luxury. Either we don't have enough time, or a boss monster happens to occur right in the middle of our D&D game, and we need to build up a boss monster that's going to be an interesting challenge for the characters right away. So I'm going to offer a few tips for building for improvising a legendary D&D boss monster. So I'm assuming that we're starting with some kind of baseline monster, for example, a fire elemental. So in this case, we're going to take a regular fire elemental and we're going to turn it into a legendary fire elemental D&D boss monster. Players love to dump everything they have on boss monsters when they show up. And the only way our boss monster is going to survive is if it has probably a few extra hit points. One way to do this is simply to double the amount of hit points that the regular monster has. That's a nice, easy trick, and it takes almost no work at all. The other thing we're going to do is add the legendary traits that you find with legendary monsters. The first of which is legendary resistance. So legendary resistance lets a monster succeed on a failed saving throw up to three times in a battle. It's a nice, easy trick. It's something that doesn't take a lot of work. You can, you can keep it in your head. You know how it works, and you can apply it to a monster to make it a lot more survivable. It ensures that a monster isn't going to get pinned down with one single effect and have no chance to break away from it. The next thing we're going to add are legendary actions. Legendary actions are a way for a boss monster to keep up with the number of actions that the characters are bringing to the battle. There are many different kinds of legendary actions, most of which are tailored for the kind of monster that we are building, and we can tailor our legendary actions the same way. But they can fall into about three different groups. The first one is being able to move without provoking opportunity attacks. There might be different reasons why a monster can do this. Maybe some monsters are able to burrow under the ground. Some are able to move at tremendous speed and get away. Some kind of blow back the, the melee characters that are around it and then move. Some of them might use something like Misty Step. But whatever we're going to throw in there, giving the boss monster a way to change its position and to escape from being pinned down is pretty vital. And giving that as a legendary action is a good way to do it. Now, another common legendary action is an extra attack. Again, really easy to do. You take one of the attacks that the monster can do and you let it make that attack as a legendary action. Now this is going to change the challenge rating for a monster significantly because they're going to be dishing out significantly more damage than they did in their baseline. But generally speaking, we're not concerned with the challenge rating of a monster at this point. We already know the capabilities of our characters and we already know what kind of challenge this monster is going to provide. So don't worry about recalculating a challenge rating because the challenge rating is there to serve you and you actually don't need it at this point. Now, the third kind of legendary action could be some kind of explosion. What's something that it can do that's really big and hits most of the characters that are around it? An example would be being able to drop a fireball-like ability right on itself that doesn't do damage to it or its friends, but can hit everybody else around. So some kind of big explosion is a great way to give a legendary monster some big ability that they can do later on in the battle. One thing that's very important is to make sure that your players recognize the fact that they're fighting a legendary monster. I wouldn't surprise them with the first time they try to cast a debilitating spell and the monster succeeds on the saving throw using legendary resistance. I usually like to tell the players that they are facing a legendary foe so that they know that if they drop some kind of save or suck spell on them, that it's likely not to work. I don't like to get them with a gotcha and have them blow a spell slot on something that they wouldn't have done if they'd known otherwise. So I have a couple of advanced techniques for building legendary monsters. One of them is applying spell-like abilities to your monster to really make it more effective. There are a few spells where the mechanics are already worked out in the player's handbook that work really well when you apply them to a boss monster. An example of this is Fire Shield. If you put a Fire Shield on a boss monster, every melee attacker that's going to hit it is going to take damage in return. It really dices up monks. 
you might want to be a little bit careful of this. And again, you want to telegraph the fact that it has this ability and maybe give the characters a way to counteract this, either by casting Dispel Magic or some other way that they can get around the Fire Shield. Likewise, as a defensive measure, the shield spell is really effective on boss monsters because they're going to get attacked many times in a round. And if they can cast shield at some point, that's a lot of attacks that they're going to have a plus five bonus to AC to prevent. Spirit Guardians is a great spell for a boss monster to inflict continual damage every round for all of the characters that are attacking it or that happen to be within range. Likewise, Spiritual Weapon gives it a way to attack characters at range and can do so as a bonus action. For a boss monster, you might want to actually let it cast multiple spirit weapons simultaneously so that it can attack two or three back tier characters uh, with one bonus action attack. Big blasting spells like Fireball and Thunder Wave are great ways to explode near the end of a battle. Thunder Wave is a good way for a big brute monster to blow away all of the creatures that are around it so that it can then move to that back line and start threatening people other than the frontline melee characters. Misty Step is a great way for a monster to be able to zip around the battlefield without worrying about taking opportunity attacks. There could be a lot of different ways you can flavor Misty Step. A vampire could burst into a cloud of bats and move from one side to the other. A fire elemental could burst into an explosion of flame, then move from one spot of the battlefield to the other, where the flame reforms back into the fire elemental again. If you don't feel like beefing up the hit points of a monster, instead you might give the boss monster the ability to redirect damage that it takes to the minions that it has around the area. Maybe our fire elemental has a bunch of flame methods flying around, and every time you attack the fire elemental, one of the flame methods takes the damage and explodes instead. What this does is shows the, the characters that their best bet is to stop attacking the, the fire elemental itself and instead attack the flame methods, which they can get rid of much easier. And at the point they get rid of the final flame method, now is when they can actually apply real damage to the fire elemental. It's a way to change up the tactics a little bit in an interesting way. Now, some of the spells I mentioned require concentration, and it's kind of up to you if you want the monster to have to concentrate on these spells as well. It could be kind of interesting to figure out how they can break concentration so that an invisible foe can't stay invisible, or that the spirit guardians drops. Now, because the boss monster is going to take so many different attacks, you might give it the warcaster feat so that it has advantage when it's making concentration checks. And if you stack this with legendary resistance, it's going to be a lot harder to break concentration on one of the spells that the boss monster is casting. I think tricks like this are really valuable because you can sort of keep them all in your head and use them when you need them. You don't have to write them down. You can just keep them in your lazy DMs kit in your head. So whether you're preparing your game in a quick amount of time or you're actually in the middle of playing your game and need to pull out a boss like this, you have the information in your head you need to be able to build a boss monster on the fly. I hope you found this video useful. If you did, you can help me out in four different ways. First, you can subscribe to the Sly Flourish newsletter. Second, you can subscribe to the Sly Flourish YouTube channel. Third, you can support me directly on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash slyflourish and signing up. Or four, you can pick up my books Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master and the Lazy DMs Workbook. Thank you very much and have a great day.